0: This podcast is brought to you by JBL.com. Now, our friends at JBL understand the power of tuning in to the real you. From true wireless headphones to pulsing party boxes, you can dare to vibe your way with the wide and colorful range of JBL products. Catch your favorite podcasts like this one, Unfiltered, the JBL podcast, on the go. Play your music whenever, wherever, and live in the moment, your moment. Be unfiltered at jbl.com. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Unfiltered the JBL Podcast, an iHeartRadio radio production in partnership with JBL. I am your host, Betty Who? It's me. Now, this podcast is a place to minimize the noise and tune into authentic and unfiltered conversations about identity, art, self-expression, and so much more. And today's episode, I couldn't be more excited about. We have an incredible guest who I think completely encompasses the idea of living authentically and being true to yourself. I am so excited to get to talk to this incredible artist, yes, I am going to be joined by an insanely successful rising star in the art world, Victor Langlois. Using his bold and vibrant work, he has shared his vision and experiences with the world across numerous mediums, from vibrant paintings and sculptures to killer collabs and NFTs, Victor's work has broken records with Christie's Auction House, and he has gained global attention as one of the most popular NFT artists of his generation. I am so excited to talk to him. I have so many questions. Let's get to know him a little better and hear about his incredible journey. Well, Victor, aka Ferocious, I'm so happy that you're here with us today. You have all of these crazy stats under your belt at this point, like... Tell us about where it all started.
1: Um, I feel like a lot of little kids just start drawing because it's just a little kid thing. You get a coloring book and crayons, but I, I loved it. You were just really good. <laughs> I don't know. I would look <laughs> at other kids and they knew how to stay in the lines or they were mm. like, obviously a fire truck is red, but mine would be like blue or I would just pick the wrong colors, whatever that means. And as I got older, All the other kids gravitated towards running around the playground and pretending to be fairies and stuff, but I still wanted to keep drawing in the little coloring books. And then, Also, the coloring books have worlds. Like, you get, like, a Spider-Man coloring book or whatever theme coloring book, and I love being immersed in that world. And I think I've never actually thought about (sighs) being four and coloring, but now I'm like, yeah, it kind of where it all began. (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) Like, you're in this world of different creative universes, whether it be superheroes or princesses, whatever. And I think that's where that started.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. You work with a bunch of different mediums, right? What mediums do you love to work with? Where did you start? And like, how did you end up where you are now?
1: So I started first coloring books, then drawing, then painting a little bit. But then my parents would be like, you can't paint in the house. I was like, OK. So then I went back to drawing and I was like, hey, grandpa, can you get me more color pencils? And he's like, no, they're expensive. I can't just keep buying you art supplies. And I was like, that, that makes sense. Well, now what do I do? and I found the world of digital art. Oh, sick. And now there's iPads where you can just download an app for like $8 and the Apple Pencil's great. But when I got into digital art, there wasn't the cool iPads where it's really nice. Totally. When I started, you get, it's like a black plastic thing that you hook up to a computer And the black plastic thing doesn't have a screen, so you're drawing on the black plastic thing, but looking at a screen in front of you, and it's very, does not hit your brain right. You're like, I'm drawing on this thing, but I can't see it. It's really weird. But uh, I started doing that, and that opened my eyes to, oh, infinite colors that I don't have to pay for. I can make the canvas as big as I want. I don't have to pay Canvas is really expensive. I don't have to pay for that. It is, yeah. I could just make my own worlds, and then, you know, I'll watch YouTube videos, and it's like, oh, Video is art, and then music is art. So then it's like everything. I I like all the mediums. (laughs) That's amazing. You have a
0: really crazy story that I want to kind of maybe hear in your own words. Tell me about the Christie's
1: auction. Okay, so I feel like a lot of people don't even know what Christie's is. Like, honestly, I didn't know what Christie's was.
0: (laughs) It's like, I mean, it's a
1: massive auction house, right?
0: So it's like incredible art goes through this place and they...
1: Yeah, it's like the kind of thing where like if there's a Picasso or like a big sale. It's probably a Christie's or a Sotheby's. So Christie's is a big deal for an artist if they get in. And before I got into Christie's, a digital art piece that was by an artist named Beeple sold a digital art piece for $69 million. So crazy. And that was the first time really in the news and everything that a lot of people were talking about just digital art. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Christie's messes with that? They, like they yeah. like digital or I thought they would laugh in my face or something. So I was talking to my manager and he was like, by the way, like that six nine million thing was crazy. Have you talked to Christie's before? And I was like, no, I didn't know you could just talk to Christie's, like with the biggest auction house in the world. I didn't know they were accessible like that. He's like, Yeah, their emails on their website. I'm just gonna email them right now. <laughs> so sick.
0: It's so indicative, though, of your of your talent, right? It's like the email is literally on the website. Anybody can email Christy's and be like, "Hey, I have art." Like, it literally, a <laughs> yeah. public information. It's available, and the fact that they replied and were like, "Sick, yes, please," is so <laughs> yeah. crazy and so cool. And how you were really young, right? How old are you? Seventeen. I was eighteen. And how old are you now? You're nineteen now. I'm nineteen. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is just happened. Still, basically, <laughs> yeah. It's okay. So Christie's emails you back. They're
1: like, "Yes, we're obsessed." Like, what's the vibe? Yeah, they're like yeah, you're so cool. Like, Beeple is an older artist, and the whole thing that he sold was years of, like, his art in one big piece compiled together. And they were like, we think it's really cool. We just did him. You're so young. Like, it's this cool, like, next step of... Opposition. New person coming up, yeah. Yeah. And so we get in a meeting, and there's a moment where my manager, we're talking about life. We just got connected. So my relationship with him was new. And he was like, I was looking at your Instagram, just looking for inspiration, seeing all the stuff you've done before. And I saw that your earlier art, you signed it Victoria and not Victor. And I've never talked about this with someone before. So there's a moment where my heart drops. and I'm like, oh my God, I literally forgot. About that. <laughs> yeah, who's that? Yeah, I was so involved in like being 18, moved out, and just not telling anyone that I'm trans that I was like, oh, yeah, I, like I am trans. Like, th- I've never talked about this. And he was like, if you feel comfortable, is that something you want to talk about? He was like, if you don't want to, we don't have to talk about that to the public. Like, that can be your own, you know, your own journey. And I was like, no, you're so right. Like, I grew up, like, not seeing that many trans men in the world and the ones that I did see in, like, ad campaigns or whatever, like, just visible, it gave me hope to be Mm. alive, honestly. And it was this moment on the phone with him where my brain clicked and I was like, yeah, this Christie sale is going to be about, I'm going to officially come out. Literally, the auction title for my piece was, Hello, My Name is Victor. I just got goosebumps all over my body. Oh my God, I'm so (laughs) happy for you. I'm so proud of you. That's
0: so cool. Thank you. And then they put you in the auction and then you had this like, so
1: it's like a record-breaking auction. It's really crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it was five lots. So five different paintings that we put on there. And then, you know, it's just all online. So my heart's racing. The auction opens. Me and my whole team are sitting at the laptop refreshing like, oh my God, it's (laughs) open. And then the site crashes (laughs)
0: because you're so lit and everybody's so obsessed with you and wants your art so bad
1: oh my gosh and we're like what christie's can crash everyone's freaking out they're like whoa like y'all care about digital art like that my twitter's blowing up it was crazy and then the traditional art world people that don't even know that you can have digital art in an auction house were really confused they were like what you crashed the website. <laughs> wow! <Whoa. laughs> How'd you do that? <laughs> well,
0: and so it's all of the art that you made for the Christie's auction particularly. Is all of that exclusively digital, or was it mixed media? Is It's like, I know that something that you have done in the past is working with physical art and then NFTs and sort of trying to combine stuff. Like, what's your, well, for the Christie's one, what, what medium
1: was it? So the original pitch was just all digital art, but... I was like, no, I want there to be more. So the main point of the sale was the digital art piece. But then I was like, if you win the digital art piece, you also get a painting Mm. that's inspired by that year of my life. So basically how the sale worked is it was years of my life, 14 to 18. And so year 14, the digital piece was my reflection now at that time. Mm. And then the physical piece I made it so that it's just all my thoughts at that time, like… It's like physical versus kind of emotional. Yeah, like the physical one would say, like, I feel hopeless. And then the digital one would say, if only you knew how life could change. Mm. Oh, I love that. So it's like me hugging my past self in the digital version… It sounds obviously like you've
0: really found yourself professionally. You've definitely had this moment of recognition and a taste of success in this really, in a large, like, serious way. Do you feel more confident because you've had this sort of, like, external validation? Or are you just like, that thing happened, wasn't that crazy? I'm still just trying to figure it out. You know, I think probably both, but I want to hear kind of how you feel.
1: So... The Christie's all the five pieces of the Christie sale, the total was like eight hundred thousand dollars, like all of it added. Amazing. And you know, I've I've never seen money like that. That blew my mind. As it should. That's incredible. <laughs> but um after that happened, it was my first time in New York too. So I'm just like in this new city, and the biggest thing ever in my life just happened, and it showed my name to Beyond my internet friends, it's like, oh, like, random people know who I am now and will, like, stop me on the street and be like, hey, you're that guy that (laughs) painted that. And it's like, whoa. And I found myself getting really sad because it's this thing I've always wanted. Like, a city like New York and $800,000. Like, what? Like, who doesn't want that? Like, on paper, like, it's the big dream. And then I found myself feeling so sad because Mm. I didn't feel like, instantly happy. Mm. I felt grateful, but, like, I thought it would, like, fix all the problems or all the trauma, everything that I went through. In my life, I thought it, like, would all go away or something Yeah. if I reached this, or I didn't even think it was possible to reach something like that at 18. I thought I'd be, like, 40, or, like, maybe it would happen after I die to reach that success. Yeah. And the fact that it happened, like, my first year as an adult, it's crazy, <laughs>
0: Well, and I think also like, thank you for sharing that so candidly with me. I really think that like, this is something that I still really struggle with. And I think is very much something that artists go through all the time. It can be really hard. And it can be really strange to like have this moment where you're like, I'm supposed to be feeling... Like everything is perfect and I've made it in this moment. And why don't I feel like that? And so I, I think the thing I'm I'm trying to work on at least, and I would love to know how you feel about this, is like it's about the experience of it, right? As opposed to like, cool, now the art is finished and now everybody else has to love it or it doesn't mean something. It's like, no, the whole point is to be sitting in your studio wherever you make art, like doing the art. And then you're like, cool, that that was the experience is the actual creation of it. Mm-hmm. People's perception of it later, I can't control that pot, you know?
1: yeah. I feel a lot better now. I feel I'm the happiest I've ever been now, like a year and a half later. We love to hear it. We love to see it. <laughs> I realized that I don't think I was actually living in my life. Like all these big things happening and people being like, you're in history, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, if I'm here now, like what's going to happen when I, yeah. be, like later, yeah. like stops being so excited. and And so it's like being anxious, but I think I forgot that it was my life and that it's so exciting and like, yeah, so much time to explore.
0: It is your freaking life and you can do whatever you want with it. (laughs) It's so true. (laughs) You get so caught up in everybody else's perception of you. You forget that you have so much more control than you think that you do to do exactly what you want Mm -hmm. be whoever you want to be. And I think, Something that like is maybe a theme that I'm maybe gonna talk about a lot on this podcast in general is just like giving yourself the time and space, especially as an artist, especially as a young person, to make different decisions. Like, I want that, you know, I want more, but it's hard when you're like, no, but that isn't who I am and I've never been that way and now I'm afraid. It's like, Mm -hmm. no, you get to do whatever you want and make whatever decision is best for you and and giving yourself the space and grace to experiment and like try different things and see if you like it and see how it feels, and then let it go. Yeah, I think letting go is probably the hard part. I'm bad at that part, at least. I don't know about you.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's tough. And I think looking at all my favorite artists that went through all these different eras and experimented and stuff, I would look at it as like a science of like, okay, 10 years later, mm-hmm. they did this. And then like try to yeah. dissect it. And then I'm like, no, they were just they didn't want to do that last thing anymore, so they followed their heart. And it's like, oh, you just got to... The answer is stop looking at other people's sciences and, like, just listen to you. Like, what do you want to do right now? If you don't want to do that, don't do it no more.
0: (laughs) Which maybe is, like, a good tie-in to all of this for, like, the fact that this whole podcast is about, you know, being authentic and trying to find yourself. Like, I want to know sort of about you being so young still and having such a good head on your shoulders and being in a really good spot in your life, which I'm so happy for you. Like, what are the tools that you have cultivated or especially over the last couple of years as you've come into yourself, you've come out, you seem so grounded and comfortable with who you are. Like, I guess, what are some of the tools that helped you get there? Like, what do you do to take care of yourself?
1: The first thing I did when I made money was get therapy. That's so smart. Literally the first thing I was like, Wow. Of more than a hundred dollars, I'm going to invest this. Most people buy a new car. It's really smart that
0: you were like, <laughs> I need to. I need to do some inside work before I do the outside yeah. stuff. It's really amazing. Yeah. More on unfiltered the JBL podcast after a quick break. What's up, you guys? It's your girl, Betty Who here, and you know this about me. It has always been very important to me to stand out and be authentically me, not only with my music, but my style and my vibe. And JBL really gets that. They know your headphones and speakers should look as original as the music you're listening to, or in my case, making. That's why I'm obsessed with my JBL headphones and speakers that help me reflect who I really am from true wireless headphones to pulsing party boxes. Oh yeah, party boxes, guys. JBL has a wide and colorful range of products that help me feel myself when I want to vibe my way. I literally record this entire podcast on my favorite JBL headphones. They are absolutely incredible. So JBL wants us all to listen on our terms, living in the moment, our moment unfiltered the JBL podcast at jbl.com and now back to the show I'm always so curious like do you when you're working especially do you work at night do you work during the day do you like to listen to music do you need silence like what's your process paint the picture for me with
1: your words Silence is real hard for me. I don't. I don't know how people sit in silence and I relate do stuff. To that. My brain will just run a million miles a second. I need like noise to. It like puts my thoughts at peace. Or if I'm painting and I get stuck, I can listen to a song's lyrics or thinking about like the instrumental and get caught up in that. How mm. they're storytelling and then it like makes me feel safe and not just like it's all on me in a way. Like I feel like. If I want to cultivate a particular mood, I'll put on a, uh, either other album or just a good playlist. And it's like they're helping me. Amazing. You know, I often think
0: about so much of art. I feel like, you know, at some point you are making it for yourself, right? Because you have to want to make it for yourself to want to make it. So there has to be some kind of instinctive, like, I want to do this. I have a vision for this. And then I think, especially because then art is meant to be shown or consumed by and be shared at some point you also have to think like, okay, what do I want other people to feel when they see this or they, they experience this? Like, is there a theme to your work? Is it kind of always different with every piece? Like, do you have any kind of feelings that you're trying to pull out of people or share with people when you're creating?
1: I think it'll start with just purely how I feel, just completely selfish, just pretending an audience doesn't even exist. And then I'll look at it and I'll be like, is this clear enough? If I'm a stranger Mm. that knows no context about who I am, will you understand the story I'm trying to tell you? Even if the story is very personal and whatever. And then I'll go in and I'll change it. I'm getting out of this now, but I found myself within the last few months, now that I am getting so much success and people are seeing my art, I found myself feeling like my art needs to be more polished. Mm. But what does that even mean? And I think I was just scared in a way to just be myself. And my art does require like putting tape and gluing paper and you see the glue and there's pastel and it looks a little bit not bad but just it's just free free and I was trying to make all the lines really clean because I thought that would make it better and nicer and if I'm Mm, getting to this level like refined or something yeah I need to be more refined but I realized that's not me what am I even doing I think I was just seeing other people and I got scared so I, I wonder like when you were getting more success in music and stuff did you have that moment where you're changing yourself. Oh, big time. Oh my God. That's like all I did
0: for the first 10 years of my career is trying to figure out how to be everybody else because that's all you see, right? I think that's so hard when you're trying to find your own path, right? Because you look around and everybody else is on their own paths, but you don't know what your path is yet because you're on it and you can't see it kind of through the haze of everything that you're doing. That's kind of where I'm at now, where I'm like, I think I've been neglecting myself while trying to figure out how to be everybody else. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, actually... Nobody can do what I can do, right? Mm -hmm. You have to know that you are special. You have to know that the thing that you're doing is individual or like... You know, you want to be contributing something. You're making art, right? You want to stand out. You want to do the thing that feels like nobody else could be doing. This is so me. No one else could do this thing that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I think if anything, like draw more outside the lines. Like that's probably the right instinct. You know, you get become more yourself as opposed to, I think you're, you said before, like putting your blinders on kind of, and like really focusing on what you're doing and stopping to not look around at what everyone else is doing. That's like probably the key. You're really doing it.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Do you ever listen to old music that you made or like I'll look at my old paintings and be like, why do I like this (laughs) more than now? And I'm like, oh, because no one knew, like, even though technically I don't like it more, like conceptually, like Mm. something about it was just so free. And I'm like, oh, that's because I didn't care about anyone else. It was just me in my bedroom making this thing. And I've been trying to unlock that again of I don't care. I'm just having a good old time. (laughs) I think your instincts are really
0: right. You know what I mean? They're really
1: good to be like
0: have the feeling or have the thought or have the fear and then be like, wait, this isn't who I am. Hindsight, again, this 2020, you're looking at these artists who have been dead for a hundred years and you're like, well, they made every right decision. It's like, no, no, they were just, you know, messing around and trying to figure out life. And now we look back at it and you're like, oh, you had it so figured out. Even you to yourself two <laughs> yeah. years ago, you're like, I had it so figured out back then. It's like, in, if you asked yourself two years ago, you'd be like, no, I don't, you know, yeah, a million exactly. percent. <laughs> <laughs> okay you're amazing i have a couple more questions for you i like i just i never want to let you go because i could talk to you forever i really want to know i feel like you're so confident that's my perception of you
1: oh yeah i feel real confident
0: yes <laughs> this is what we love to see because people sometimes they're like you're so confident and then like i'm really faking it today like please so i love that you're like yes i'm confident i'm here were you sort of always born a little bit with that like yeah, I'm confident like this is part of my personality or did you have to really develop it and kind of have you arrived somewhere that now you are like, I did all this work to get here.
1: All right. I'm about to be so
0: honest right be now. Be so honest. I'm obsessed. <laughs> You're safe with me. Okay.
1: I always felt very confident, but my family was really mean and abusive to me and like would always push me down. But I always was just like, what I make is dope or like, I'll like draw a little... Like smiley face. I'm like, this is the coolest smiley face ever. And not, yes. not even that I'm better than anyone but like I'm just the best me for me right now when you're celebrating yourself
0: it is not taking away from anybody else and I'm very believe that like you can say
1: I'm dope and not
0: be like I'm not better I'm not saying I'm better than anybody I didn't say that I'm saying I think I'm awesome exactly
1: (laughs) so like I I always felt that but then my family wasn't giving me that energy Mm. so I I was starting to feel like a little bit crazy I was like but I think what I'm doing is cool like my art is cool like I've never seen nothing like it and it's just so vibrant. Why is all the paintings beige? I want to see bright blue and red. Yes. And my parents would be like, no, it shouldn't be red. It should be realism. Why are you doing abstract art? And I was like, because it's cool. Like, I don't know. I, I've always felt that. Because I feel
0: it. Yeah, you feel it's odd. like it's coming from inside of you. I feel that.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I've always felt that. And there are things I've had to work on. But I, I was talking to my therapist the other day. And I was telling her about my anxieties in like personal life and nothing even having to do with art. I didn't know how to tell her that I feel nervous to talk to people sometimes. So I was like, Mm. I told her when I'm painting, I feel I don't feel nervous at all. I feel like I'm flying. I can just do anything. And even if it doesn't look good or the story isn't right and I'm frustrated, I don't feel less confident. I just know that I'm like I can be better and I want to make it better. And she was like, what is that? feeling when you're painting like you should channel that when you're talking to people you should channel that in your personal life too and I was like oh Oh, I can have (laughs) this anywhere (laughs) yeah
0: oh my gosh that's a good therapist (laughs) and that sounds like maybe that has a lot to do with this place that you're at in your life where you're feeling really confident and really happy like finding the way that you feel that's so special and so cool okay well I always have believed that like queerness is magic like queer people are joy I think that like just what you said made me think about how like the world is so beige Mm -hmm. and queer people in so many ways, people who are different, people who are other are the colors, are the bright blue and the red and the vibrance. Mm -hmm. Like, do you feel like you're ought is really kind of like loud and colorful because you're sort of representing this part of yourself that is that sort of otherness? Do you feel like you're... Is there any kind of purposefulness as far as it tying into your queerness and being yourself and being like, I'm different and I don't see the world in the same way as everybody else and my aunt has to reflect that? Like, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I want to know how you feel.
1: It's so interesting that you say that. I think being queer gave me like a, just a different lens on mm-hmm. the world, seeing like, oh, why do y'all do it this way? Or like, why why do you feel this way? And then it's like, I think sometimes I'll paint something not even thinking about being queer, and then I'll look at it and be like, oh <laughs> <laughs> this, <laughs> like, this is very queer and like has so many other meanings. And it's just so funny what you said is right.
0: <laughs> I think it's so cool. It's like you're, I can see, I mean, when I look at your art, I can feel that sort of exactly what you said is so correct and is so special where you're like why is the world beige I see it differently and I just want it to be better and art is supposed to reflect the world that you want to see sometimes not necessarily the world as it is and so you're taking this beige world around you of not being supported Mm -hmm. dealing with abuse and feeling like you can't can't be yourself and so you're making this art that's so in opposition to that that is so you and is and having these feelings of like should I change and then you're like no I have to be myself twice as hard it's like you're on this such a beautiful journey and you are the absolute perfect artist for us to have here on this podcast that is literally exclusively about being yourself and being authentic I'm so I'm leaving this conversation feeling so inspired by you thank you
1: oh I'm so glad I think there's something about hearing art even if it's a really sad song or the happiest song like whatever it is you listen and you can if you just feel that they felt that, it transcends no matter how technically good or how simple the song is. Like, you just feel it. It like goes beyond anything. (laughs) so amazing.
0: It also goes to show how connected we all are, right? Mm -hmm. Like all of the stuff that you're talking about, I'm like, I know, I literally know exactly what you mean. And it's just because I'm a creative person and I'm an artist and we're all going through so much of the same stuff all the time. But it feels like we so often feel like we're so different. And like, Mm. there's a lot that's different between you and me. First of all, being, you know, the 10 year age gap a minute, you know, it's like we have a very different life in all of these ways, but it's like, I totally feel like I see you and can meet you where you're at and understand what you're talking about. And it's like, yeah, because we're all, we're all connected and art is a huge part of what does that. So thank you for being so candid and honest and sharing yourself with me today, Victor. I'm so... I'm so blessed to be here with you. Too blessed to be stressed, babe.
1: (laughs) I'm just happy to be here. It's nice talking about art with people. I'm always by myself drawing. So it's like, yeah, you make art too. Oh. Oh, cool.
0: Well, I love your work and I'm so grateful that we got to spend a little bit of time. Thank you so much for being yourself. We're so lucky to have you. Thank you. I want to say thank you to Victor again for joining me today. The way he is changing the art game is no joke. It really goes to show how our experiences and self-expression can resonate far beyond our own world. Victor's maturity and thoughtfulness and spirit really, really resonated with me today. And I'm so grateful to be sharing this experience with you guys. That's it for today's episode, but join me again next week when we talk about, wait for it the art of drag oh yes it's gonna be a good one so don't forget to join in on the conversation i want to hear from you and know what you think of the podcast who do you think we should have on the show how have you been using your creativity share your thoughts with me on socials or leave a rating and review for the podcast wherever you're listening you can always find me on instagram and twitter at betty who and on tiktok and youtube at betty who music until next time Unfiltered, the JBL podcast is produced by iHeartRadio in partnership with JBL. Our show is hosted by me, Betty Hu. Our executive producer is Molly Sosha. Our EP of post-production is Matt Stillo. Our editor is Sierra Spreen. This episode was written and produced by Sierra Kaiser. Special thanks to our friends at JBL, Initiative, and Donna.